So in these times as pharmacists being asked to do more with less and create greater care and greater opportunities to look after our patients, we're in constant search of things that are going to help us but not drain our resources. And mobility platforms are one of those platforms that allow us to continue our care beyond the pharmacy without leveraging our time. And in this episode, we're going to hear from four experts and get some great downloadable tools to make it happen in your pharmacy today. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, all the way through to episode 97. We've got a big show for you today. We're going to be focusing on mobile platforms that enable you as a pharmacist to go meet your patients anywhere, anytime they would like you to be, and to utilise virtual pharmacists to help you Get, keep in touch and also look after your patients to a greater level than perhaps you've never done before as well. Before we get into that, we've got a few things I'm going to run through. You may have already got hold of Transformation Magazine issue number four, which came out on Australia Day. So if you haven't already grabbed that, head across to transformationmagazine.com.au and you can subscribe for free at robertstar.com forward slash free magazine. We've got some great questions and some feedback after last week's show on social media. I hope you got some great benefit out of also our downloadable template that you were able to get as well. Have you managed to get your plan completed at least for the next month? Is your content starting to come together? Remember, you don't have to get it all done yourself. You can use other pieces of content that may be relevant for you. If you're running a campaign around diabetes, Diabetes Australia run a great blog and got some great information that you can share with your patients. So don't feel that you have to get it all done yourself. And also delegate the responsibility as well. That was some great takeaways from last week's show as to how you can do that effectively. And on social media, I mentioned that there are always new platforms coming out as well. And you may have also noticed if you're active in different social media platforms that I've been on Snapchat recently as well. So hit me up on that. I'm going to be sharing some behind the scenes footage behind the Transformation Lab ahead of our launch in May. So feel free to grab me over there at Robert Starr as well. So in this episode, we're going to be extending the conversation from last week a little bit in relation to one of the comments of our experts, which was Ivan Frangi. And he, you might remember from episode 42, but also a great summary article that was in Transformation Issue 4 as well. And what that related to was being sticky for your patients. In this transaction-based economy, where all the products are the same in every pharmacy and price is really only a Google search away, we need to be creating extra value and taking care and building trust in these relationships. As Doyle Bueller shared with us as part of the snippets in last week's show, that eventually customers will want to buy from us, but we need to cultivate that relationship. 
And one of the references I'm going to talk about in this episode is Google's Zero Moment of Truth. Now, it's a fantastic little ebook that's going to be included at the show notes at robertstar.com episode 97. And you'll be able to grab that. And it really talks about the way in which, and there's a great quote at the end of this show that will actually put that in context for you as to how the world is changing around digital and how the questions are not being asked of human beings, they're being asked of the big G, that's right, Google, and how that journey to come to purchase items exists exists right now and how we can participate in that to ensure that our patients aren't going to go anywhere else. And that's the excellent snippet that we're going to go through and center around in this week's show. So you may be wondering still, mobile platforms, how are they relevant to to my pharmacy? What are the metrics? What are the things that are going to put extra dollars in our tills as well? Now, probably the most common thing that we all have in our pharmacies is the prescriptions on file. So having prescriptions on file really does allow us to have probably the closest possible relationship we can have with our patients. It is very hard for them to come back to us and say, hey, I want my scripts back because I don't trust you anymore and I'm going to go somewhere somewhere else. You probably don't see that happen too often. So if we can progress to that, it's always going to help us look after our patients, but at the same time, also make sure that the relationship that we're having with our patients in person and also looking after their medicines is congruent as well. And there are some great systems to help us look after those patients that we keep on file because they've trusted us, they've given their scripts, but they still have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders as well. They still need to come into the pharmacy each month, remember to come and fill their next repeat, and they may not be aware in their busy lives as to how many tablets they may have left. So all of the technology we're gonna talk about today is really about giving our customers the tools to better look after themselves and their medicines, but allow us to be there, coach them and work with them to get the best out of their medicines. Now, obviously, as has been bandied around with things like SMS reminders and push notifications, they're a way of reminding patients to stay compliant with their medicines. And so the, obviously the financial metrics around that is that if they're more compliant with their medicines, more prescriptions will be th- filled throughout the year. But I think we all get that. So the systems we're talking about here are things like memo care, health notes, med advisor, uh, send a script in the early days, ERX Express, all of these to varying levels enable patients to be reminded and to in- engage in their medicines as well. But also making the whole process easy. We need to consider how we can make it easy, remove all the steps. And by using a virtual pharmacist like virtual pharmacist Phil in MedAdvisor, he can remind the patients to come into the pharmacy and you don't have to. And it enables you to be congruent with looking after your patients. But at the same time, also allowing them to get the benefit of obviously treatment success without having to ever fall short of their medicines. So we're really looking at a number of paradigm shifts. So we're moving away from supply to optimized medication management and really then the apps that we're able to install allow us to extend ourselves beyond the pharmacy. And that's not just about reminders, it's also about information. We often reference CMIs, but patients don't like CMIs 
the majority don't, in the printed format because they can't have them anywhere anytime. So if they notice that something's a little bit off with their medication management and how the medicine's being tolerated, they can't easily reference something. Sure, they could Google it, but they might end up somewhere where it's a non-trusted information source. So things like MedAdvisor enable patients to tap in straight away into that CMI from the, med from the medicine app as well. And also, as we're going to hear later on from Simon Herford from the You Save Chemist Group. Now, we're not going to go back all the way through his entire episode. You can grab that at... Um episode number 22. Uh, Josh Swinnerton, who's also from MedAdvisor, and he's going to be part of our snippet panel, uh, episode 21. So both of them are 21, 22. And then we've also got Ashley Faulting from uh, Health Notes in episode 36 as well. So all of these snippets, you can go back, go through the whole show, grab all the strategy, but we're just going to take away some of the biggest insights from them. For example, integrating patient communication tools into your workflow, how you can collaborate with the technology being things like virtual pharmacist Phil um, and how you can actually bring the physical experience into the digital as well um, through Simon Herfitt's insights that come away um, from his episode in episode 21. I may have those two around the wrong way, but if you go episode 21, 22, you can't go wrong there. And he had some great innovations around using QR codes to extend the counselling beyond uh, the four walls of the pharmacy. And also John Hollenberg from episode 37 about having a mobile responsive website. Now, this is a whole lot of strategy. I'm just giving you the broad overview of what you've got in store for you today. So don't worry if you uh, missed it or <laughs> you can go back. You can visit the show notes at robertstar.com forward slash episode episode 97 and you'll be able to grab that there as well we are going at a breakneck pace today so i think i'm just going to slow everything down a little but it's a very exciting topic because it's one that's only going to motor more and more and particularly when we look at industries around us like dominoes they're extending themselves into everyone's smartphone smartwatch tablet computer and making ordering pizza easy they obviously now market themselves as a social media and social technology company as opposed to just a pizza company but I think we could take a great lead from them as to how they've been able to leverage technology to improve the overall experience. So these apps that we don't need to build ourselves we can tap into them whether it be like the You Save Chemist app or the MedAdvisor app or the Health Notes app they're all available to us we just need to start using them. And also recognizing that analog communication is also important. So one thing that we've been playing with here in the Transformation Lab is the idea of landline reminders. Now you can do automated ones, which I don't particularly like, but you can utilize the systems and we'll go through how we do it in next week's show when we catch up with Ross Gallagher from Guildlink and go through best practices around Guildcare as to how you can actually remind yourself to do follow-up calls and do landline reminders for those who are not as technology savvy as well. So it does meet people where they are right now. And also the concept of things like using emails. So you can do email reminders if people aren't using smartphones and would prefer things like that. Not too many, as I've found, go down that pathway. But I do believe that email offers a great opportunity, particularly from an automation point of view, and we'll cover that in upcoming shows, as to how you can leverage the best practice primary health care. So that might be where a patient starts on a statin and you send them a reminder after six months to get their LFTs checked 
and uh, have a look out for any muscle weakness and all of these types of things that are really congruent with a great conversation that we'll have with our patient in our pharmacy. So a lot to take in. Um, we've got a template for you to download to help you with this week's show to really track the financial impact and also the key performance indicators around some of these things like keeping your scripts on file, your script retention, your percentage of kept scripts versus your total scripts, which is really going to give you a great understanding and a lot of confidence uh, that your customer base is quite loyal and it's not going to be um, open to very large shifts as well. So you can grab that downloadable tracker and template at robertstar.com forward slash episode 97. I think that's enough strategy today. I'm going to take a nice deep breath. We're going to head into our snippets and you're going to hear from four experts there. And then we're going to go through, as we've done in episode 95 and 96, our three next actions to make sure that we take something actionable away from today and make it happen in our stores as well. So the first expert we're going to hear from today is Ashley Faulting, who's the Managing Director of Health Enterprises, probably more commonly known as Health Notes. And we caught up in 2014 to talk about patient-centric communication. So in this little snippet, you're going to hear about the correct way to integrate patient communication tools into your workflow, some of the problems and issues, but how you can increase your patient frequency visits and improve their treatment outcomes. What would your advice be prior to implementing this type of service? Are there any workflows that you see, obviously going back, you know, back to 2009 and seeing it evolve? Are there any workflows that you'd recommend pharmacy owners to start implementing in their pharmacies before implementing this? Or do you feel it can just slot right into the uh, workflows currently? Well, it's it's important to understand, uh, I mean, the key, look, the key word is workflow, and, and it's something that, that we... Uh, uh, you know, very cognizant of it, it, it's a, it's a, it's something that we we. I mean, health notes in in general is a, is a tool. It's a it's a communication tool, and, and we sort of try to catch in those terms that uh, the you know the pharmacist needs to have a reason to uh, to want to have a reminder program in place. So you know, if you can sort of understand the, the sort of the reasoning and the, and the uh, you know the requirements, uh, then we can start. Uh, looking at their, their current systems and, and how health notes can uh, can fit in with their uh, their processes, but definitely uh, you know there's things uh, like you know location or demographic and uh, uh, even the types of uh, you know the, the work environment or the the or the, well, the IT environment that the pharmacy uh, operates with. They're all important aspects uh, even before you get to the sort of the human side. I mean that's sort of the the other important aspect is making sure that. Uh, that the staff uh, uh, have um, an awareness of the program and, and sort of ready to embrace um, a new system because it uh, it does require uh, people to to understand um, you know the um, you know not everyone will put it this way not everyone needs to know the, the nuts and bolts to that level but uh, there's a base, basic understanding that, that's required um, for the staff to understand why they need to do it and what's the motivation and drive behind it uh, and that and that's sort of part of the whole education. And, and training that we go through when we uh, 
when we when we set up at the pharmacies. Absolutely, and, and look as you as you said that it is a communication tool. So for our owners that are listening, I think the majority of times these tools only ever get implemented if they're either going to save some money, they're going to increase the profit levels. So I guess without uh, citing any specific examples, we might do that a little later. Um, what are the major features and benefits of implementing SMS reminders in a pharmacy? Well, that, that's look. The return on investment is is, is the key uh, to um, to really measuring the performance. Um, but you know, the benefit is 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 clearly uh, increasing loyalty and compliance. I mean, they tend to go hand in hand. These these two two functions, these two elements. But uh, what 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 we're aiming to achieve in a pharmacy is to improve uh, both the, compl- the the compliance and loyalty of patients, so that they return to the pharmacy more frequently. And they adhere to their medication uh, as uh, as prescribed. And um, Health Notes, uh, you know, has a, a lot of tools that uh, allow you to measure your own performance. And this is sort of going back again to the early days when we first came up with the idea of uh, of using um, SMS to send reminders to, to patients. You know, the question was, well, you know, prove that it works. It's uh, for those pharmacists who sort of, I guess, had more of a marketing slant. They could see that the benefits from a, a marketing point of view. Uh, but uh, for the most part, pharmacists wanted to know if you know if you send out 100 messages, uh, you know how many scripts have been uh, converted and, and uh, at what rate, and how does that how does that compare with uh, uh, with uh, patients not receiving reminders? So initially, we started out thinking, well, maybe we can compare patients who are receiving reminders with patients who aren't receiving reminders and, and line those up, uh, and. Uh, and that was always a good result, but that uh, you know the comments that came back uh, from that analysis was, well, yeah, you you know the pharmacists have put all their good patients on the reminder program, so of course the uh, the results are going to be better. So that uh, that led to more detailed analysis and uh, and reporting around um, looking at individuals and comparing uh, before and after uh, dispense behaviour, so that uh, whether you have ten or a thousand or ten thousand patients receiving reminders, uh, you can collectively assess the overall benefit of, uh, of those patients uh, from a before uh, period to a to an after period or after enrollment period and and come up with a, a figure um, and which is what we do with for, uh, for pharmacies and um, you know that's that's uh, the data the data analysis is an important part of um, of, uh, of you know the, the health notes pictures so that uh, you know we don't say look we're going to put this in and uh, uh, you know, it's really up to you to make your own determination. It's it's about uh, putting you know putting the putting the software in and then and then explaining look this is how the reporting works and this is how you can measure your your success with the program. So in this next segment, we're going to hear from Josh Swinnerton, who originally founded um, MedAdvisor and particularly also um, is now heavily involved in the technology development now that MedAdvisor has been listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. And we caught up with Josh in 2014, just after the partnership with Booper Australia was announced. And it was all about how we can build our customer retention and loyalty and collaborate with our technology, being virtual pharmacist Phil and derive insights from the system. Even though MedAdvisor is MedAdvisor branded um, at various points, it is also quite heavily branded with the logo of the um, of the pharmacy and their contact information. We, we try to make that as, as strong as possible. Um, but um, yeah, certainly, I mean, 
ultimately we can't stop a patient switching to a different pharmacy if they really want to and that's the same with any of these systems really Um, even if we made it difficult they could just uninstall the MedAdvisor app and reinstall it we'd we'd have no way of really stopping it so yes it it does ultimately you know and and patients move for good reasons you know they might be moving suburbs or moving house and it's no longer practical to stay at the same pharmacy yeah Um, that that said the experience we have is the um, the pharmacy who first signs up a patient to MedAdvisor has a has a very strong relationship out of that compared to not having that patient have a MedAdvisor and there's sort of no day-to-day tie-in back to the pharmacy. So it's certainly a lot stronger than nothing um, in terms of the, the, the link there. I mean, the other key factor to understand here is Typically, along with offering MedAdvisor, um, pharmacies are asking patients to leave scripts on file at the pharmacy. And we see MedAdvisor as giving a much stronger reason to ask the patient to leave their scripts on file. Um, So uh, essentially, uh, the pharmacy will be saying, oh, when you you sign up to MedAdvisor, if you want to use the tap to refill feature, um, we need you to leave all your scripts here and this helps us you know, ensure your MedAdvisor experience is um, up to date and you can place your orders ahead of coming into the pharmacy, which is a particularly compelling mm. feature to um, to patients, um, even though, you know, the wait time in pharmacies, in my experience recently, is not, you know, no more than five minutes. People hate having to wait anywhere and are very attracted to the idea, oh, I can tap this button and when I get to the yeah. pharmacy, it'll be ready. Um, but giving giving pharmacists a good reason to ask to leave scripts on file um, is is a key driver for a, a lot of our pharmacies and um, and obviously once a, once a patient's left scripts on file that's about the strongest sort of lock in you'll ever get in that it's quite a awkward conversation for a pharmacist to say oh can I have all my scripts back I'm decided I don't like you guys and I'm going to another pharmacy um, you know that's a, about the the best lock in you can get is is having their their scripts on file and getting them used to leaving all their new scripts with the pharmacy. And I and, and I gather also from the the med advisor experience with each individual patient, it's going to generate obviously a number of insights. And, and I guess I would like to know, um, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners would, is that what insights can med advisor give the pharmacy um, that you know perhaps you know through our I guess more day-to-day dispense point of sale applications that we use in the pharmacy, we don't get these insights generally handed to us. Does MedAdvisor give the pharmacy some insights as to, you know, frequency cycles of patients coming in? Can we be red flagged to follow up with a patient who may have um, lapsed on their repeat cycle? Obviously, pharmacist feels getting pretty angry, but I imagine (laughs) angry and worried, but, you know, every pharmacy pharmacist who looks after these patients would be equally worried. Um, Are there those red flags that get flown up um, in the pharmacies? Well, there's certainly quite a bit we do in terms of um, the re- reporting analytics side of MedAdvisor, um, a lot of that is more at a, a over a group of patients kind of level. So, particularly what we're interested in is showing um, showing pharmacists the improved adherence they're getting from patients who are using MedAdvisor. Um, so, so we you know we have reports that can illustrate you know that information about right your patients on MedAdvisor are 12 percent more reliable at filling their scripts you know in terms of measures of you know if we're talking about a a typical once a month long-term 
medication that we can say, right, you know, your uh, MedAdvisor patients fill one, one and a half scripts more per year than your non-MedAdvisor patients. Therefore, it's you know, beneficial to get as many patients active on MedAdvisor as possible kind of thing. Um, then that said, you can open up MedAdvisor and look at individual patients and you can see the sort of information you're talking about. Um, it, it's just a matter of where that sits in, in the workflow for the pharmacist. You know, do they want to... Um, I mean, essentially, most of what you're talking about, we are trying to automate for the pharmacist. So essentially chasing a patient mm -hmm. who appears to be dropping off in terms of their adherence is very much a key part of what pharmacist Phil is trying to do automatically mm -hmm. so that the, the pharmacist doesn't have to come in and write manual messages, you know, hey, Rob, why haven't you been in to fill this um, is just sort of not necessary as yeah. much chasing as possible look absolutely yeah. but you know as 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 we all know in our, in our pharmacies we do have those personal relationships and whilst it's nice to automate as much as possible sometimes you just know that some patients would you know prefer um to hear from their patients so it could be yeah. you know the pharmacist in the in the pharmacy and pharmacists feel working together in that obviously feels an automated reminder but if that reminder is being ignored um you know i would inherent inherently be expecting that um, you know we, we would be following that patient up if pharmacist Phil hasn't been successful um, and that I think would be the patient expectation too yeah certainly so so that um, everything you're talking about is you know the systems very much capable of if you pull up an individual patient you immediately see a sort of a clear color code of all right Josh's five medications um, two of those are red. He's either low or run out of, hmm. um, and he hasn't said I'm not taking the medicine anymore. So that's a pretty strong argument to say, well, he should have come in and filled filled that script. Um, and you can yes, you can see our oh, Josh would have already got two messages and he hasn't done anything. And very much through through Med Advisor, you can just um, manually trigger a, a one to one message, uh, and communicate back and forth in a you know message format um to to chase the patient um that's all um part of the system as well we just try and yeah we try and automate the bits where it's obvious but where the where the pharmacist has time to further follow up and glance at yes you know this patient's in a for example yeah a red state on um half their medications um that might be where the, the pharmacist has time to further reach out and chase them and yes that you know they can always see oh that's you know my pharmacist is actually writing me a personal message that's always going to have more weight with the patient certainly so we're now going to hear from Simon Herford, who's the Managing Director and one of the founders of the You Save Chemist Group. And we spoke to Simon in 2014 about their innovative use of mobile applications in the pharmacy, both from not only a customer-facing point of view away from the pharmacy, but enriching the performance and experience within the pharmacy as well. And we're going to derive some of the insights coming from bringing their physical experience into the digital, the first steps, and what you should be considering if you're going to embark on your mobile strategy today. How did you decide, I guess, in both, both platforms, the e-commerce and also mobile, of what, uh, what functions of the physical business you were going to put online? Um, and I guess start with what, were the, what, I guess, was the critical function that you wanted the uh, platforms to perform for you? 
I think the best answer there is that it's a continual work in progress. <laughs> um, that, that's something that never ends. But look, initially, um, we were very conscious to ensure that we had a mobile e-commerce offering. And, and we sort of we, we do that in, in two different aspects. We do it from the YouSave app, which is, you know, on the stores. Um, but we also ensured that our website is a responsive site. So, you know, it's optimized or work for a PC or a tablet or a, you know a mobile. So even if, if um, someone on their you know their their smartphone accessed um, our website, they're still going to um, have a fully functional and operational um, visit as opposed to one that perhaps wasn't mobile um, optimized. Mm. So yeah, it, it it continues to evolve. <laughs> yeah, no, look at it, look and it has to. Uh, you know, again, putting a website up. I think traditionally uh, most people put websites up thinking, up, oh, I've got a website. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't need to touch it anymore. It's there. Anyone can go and see it. And I guess it's a bit like um, as um, as I'm, I'm quite a big fan of uh, uh, Tim Reed and the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and he's often referred to it as a as a smelly pond. In that uh, the water might be nice and fresh initially, but if you don't change it, it just ends up stagnant <laughs> stagnant and uh becomes murky and no one wants to go near it so uh yeah, um, yeah i think I, th I think absolutely it has to and i guess to just change gears and to give our listeners a bit of a, a bit of an insight and i understand that everyone's going to be at a different point in time when they're considering uh what they should do in their pharmacy from an e-commerce or even a mobile application stages okay i guess being able to use that great hindsight <laughs> that, that you have. Um, you know, if, if pharmacy owners are looking at starting to do this, and obviously the main thing that they need to achieve is try to get that hybrid environment so that if a customer of theirs searches online, they don't just find, you know, a whole lot of yellow pages listings or something like that, but nothing that ties them to their particular brand yes. and, and site. But what would you say would be the best starting point for them? Um, I, th I think if you're trying to enter the space now, um, I wouldn't be trying to do it yourself. Um, I would be um, contacting uh, people who have already done it. Now, that could take place in the form of, of joining perhaps a banner. I mean, you know, like, like an offer we have, and of course there's many other in the marketplace yep. that already have developed and evolved that technology. Um, or if not that, um, uh, going direct to, uh, uh, you know, website slash um, app uh, producers or providers who, who have quite feasibly done a similar thing already so that you can capitalise on it. In, in terms of going from scratch <coughs> now, I, I wouldn't be suggesting that. I, I think especially if you're a single operator, there is too much involved in it. You're much, much better off um, riding on the coattails of someone else who's done it and hopefully evolved it a fair amount too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you touched on, obviously, your starting point was leveraging what you'd already uh, perfected in the physical store environment. Correct. But I, I guess, you know, what, what would you consider would be, you know, I guess the, the, the best starting point for, I guess, the independent pharmacies particularly, um, you know, what kind of functions or type of mission that they're looking to convey should they be getting right before they go and throw that online look i think i you've you've really got to know what you stand for and what what your store stands for um i, I think pharmacy as an industry is a little bit confused at the moment um, i think there's a reasonable amount of follow the leader and yeah. and whilst that's taking place um identity and character of stores and or brands is potentially if not getting lost, um, getting murky, like as you were saying before. So mm. I think it really fundamentally comes down to 
knowing what your store stands for. Um, and and if it's simply just say price, I, I would suggest you're probably not going to win that. Mm. Uh, um, there has to be an there has to be more to it to to attract and engage the consumer. No, ab- absolutely. And you know, again, I think the days of uh, community pharmacy is full of. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm mindful that I may upset some listeners by <laughs> saying this, uh, but the, the days of hat stands and gift tables and you know putting everything under the sun to attract the customer are gone. And you need to have your niche. Um, you need to know what your customers are after. And as we've yeah. spoken about a lot on this show, it's really just about trying to find those problems that they want to solve and not trying to put too many things in their way before they can get to them. Um, yeah, exactly. Not putting too many barriers on the customer um, achieving whatever it is that they want. And, you know, our challenge as retailers is, is to uh, successfully identify what, what the customer actually not wants, not what we think they want. So our next snippet is from John Hollenberg, who is the owner of 5x5. We caught up with John in 2014 to talk about what makes a powerful pharmacy website, what are the key elements, and what should we be including if we're going to be building or improving our mobile platform today. And here we're going to hear about the first purpose of having a mobile responsive website and that starts with your google plus local listing which is something you can grab today so that you can be found in a mobile optimized environment on google in less than five minutes john with your experience with with business owners at the moment what what's the first you spoke about obviously generating leads and inquiries but i guess what would be the the first purpose of having a website right now like obviously our listeners have probably had yellow pages ads that aren't relevant anymore and you know they've gone into different local newspapers and so forth which is still relevant to some degree but i guess what what at the moment with the way google is approaching websites and obviously that when you get found on google that's obviously where where people are looking for you. What are the types of things that businesses are addressing as a primary need? Well, look, I can really draw on my personal experiences uh, being a, a father of a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old and, two and, and, and really uh, when I've needed a chemist is typically, say, 10.30 at night and, and you've got a, a screaming, unwell child and yeah, we just run out of say Nurofen or something like that. Mm. So um, I'm physically based here at the Gold Coast. I grew up down in Melbourne, and and it's um, Gold Coast isn't actually like Melbourne where you've got a lot of 24-hour say uh, pharmacists or chemists. And um, there's only a few physical locations that are open say up till midnight. So for me, it's literally you know going to my phone, putting in a, a Google search on you know chemist and and the suburb that I live in and um, finding someone that's open. So from a really practical standpoint, it's about getting a phone number, getting an address and getting some opening hours. So um, that's really like my personal experience from a, um, a website perspective. And that's where tools like, say, your Google Plus local, um, having your verified listing, uh, having it all set up, having it all filled out is just just such a, uh, a no-brainer and, and low-hanging fruit that anyone can go out and do. Because the Google Plus Local really does feed the Google Maps and all of the other Google-related products in terms of delivering that information to the consumer, isn't it? Exactly. So what, what Google have done is they've really intertwined their, their Google Plus, which is 
essentially like their um, their Facebook social platform uh, that Google Drive, um, and then married that up with the Google Places. So what they're really trying to do is is incorporate the two, and and a big part of online is that social proof. So tied to the um, the Google Plus local uh, uh, reviews of of businesses and all that sort of stuff. So that's where they've really intertwined those two. So as we've heard from our experts today, there are many different aspects of mobile platforms that can not only improve your patient loyalty and making your business that little bit more sticky to enable them to come back on a very frequent basis and to build and continue that relationship in your pharmacy. So we've pulled out three very important next actions for you to take advantage of all of these strategies, but particularly taking action today. So these are things you can do very, very quickly in your business. So the first one is research and add one extra mobility sticky factor. That's what we're going to call it, the sticky factor, because they are things that are going to continue that conversation and relationship with your patients beyond the pharmacy as well. So this is things that can be measured. So we'll be talking about those in particular in conjunction with our tracker, which you'll be able to download from robertstar.com forward slash episode 97 and you can grab your free downloadable mobile platform tracker. And these are things that you'll be able to measure in our second next action. So the second is measure, track and review your metrics. So what we're talking about here are things like percentage of your prescriptions that you're keeping on file. This will increase by engaging in these continuing conversation platforms. And also look at the number of MedAdvisor, Guildcare patients, Health Notes patients. Use your downloadable tracker to measure your progress in that regard because you should then be able to see a consistent increase in repeat business and repeat patients to your pharmacy as well. And number three, optimize your web presence to match and enhance your in-store experience. You really need to consider how you're going to blend your in-store experience with your digital experience. So what that means is that one doesn't replace the other, one isn't separate from another, it is all molded together. We all notice our patients when they're sitting there waiting for their prescriptions and hopefully not too long, they'll be looking at their smartphones. So they've got a relationship with other people, other businesses in your in your business. So that only stands to reason that you play a role in their digital lives as well. And whether that be pharmacist Phil reminding them to take their medicines or to come and refill a repeat or letting them know uh, that they're down to their last repeat so they need to see their doctor. It is all extremely helpful in helping our patients get a better pharmacy experience. And this really helps us raise ourselves above the transaction and we're more into that wisdom-based economy where we're all about the advice and helping to care for our patients. And now for our transformation motivational quote of the week, which comes from Rashad Tabakawaya. I hope I said that correctly, the Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at Viva Key. And this was pulled from the earlier reference in this episode of Google Zero Moment for Truth. And the quote is, when consumers hear about a product today, their first reaction is, let me search online for it. And so they go on a journey of discovery about a product, a service, an issue, an opportunity, 
because today you are not behind your competition, you're not behind the technology, you are behind your consumer, or in our case, our patients. And I think that's really key. Everything we do has to have our patients right at the center of it. And I know I'm elaborating on the quote here, but I just would love to have my own spin on it. And, uh, you know, we really need to embrace what is important to our patients. Do they want to have online ordering? Is it convenient for them? Particularly understanding the key challenges. Sometimes our customers aren't the ones that present in the pharmacy. They are carers of patients. They might be mums or dads, and they are the ones looking after their family. So we need to give them tools like these customer-centric communication tools to be able to work with us away from the pharmacy at a time of their choosing. Next week, we're going to have a fantastic chat with Ross Gallagher, who is the CEO of Guildlink and more notably responsible for bringing Guildcare to life. And we're going to talk about all the opportunities and learnings from the best practice pharmacies that have operated Guildcare. And they've got some fantastic snippets and tips that they share every single week through their Monday Bites newsletter. But there's going to be some great learnings to come out from that as well. And I'm also going to share some of the uses of Guild Care right here in the Transformation Lab as well. I know you're going to love it. Don't forget to grab your downloadable mobile platform tracker to keep those key performance indicators ticking over and measuring your progress. And you can do that at robertstar.com forward slash episode 97 and leave a comment in the show notes. I always ask for that. It's fantastic to hear from you what you've learned, what next actions have you committed to in embracing mobile platforms in your pharmacy. Such a fantastic opportunity for us to create that additional relationship in collaboration with technology, not technology replacing the relationship, but really aiding our ability to do more with less. And that really is the key as well. Have a great week, everyone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Bye for now.